Hey, welcome to the Church Explained podcast, a conversation to grow your leadership and build your church. Today we've got an amazing guest, the whole way from the US of A, we've got Mark Kresge with us today. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. And I think it's good just to pick up on that idea, Mark, that courageous conversations don't need to be confrontational. I think often leaders will make the mistake and they will mm. think, actually, this needs to be confrontational. But I guess if you've got that in your organization where you're meeting with people week on week, then actually that courageous conversation becomes a little bit easier to do. Now, Nathan, did ask you, like, how did you grow into that? Because obviously not not like dealing with conflict and all that sort of how did you get to the place where actually this is okay was it just recognizing the fact that it's good for the person uh, or was it something else yeah i'd say that was the you know uh, one of the big things that has helped me is mentorship and coaching myself you know so it was number one it was great for someone to call that out in me and say hey mark uh, as a leader this is going to be a lid for you if you don't learn how to acknowledge this and move into this so i think awareness of it was number one uh, is, oh, I am avoiding, you know, some of these moments and I didn't realize it. So number one, it, it helped to have a coach or mentor in my life call that out. Uh, but then two, it was that it was, I think it was just a shifting in perspective. Like you said, it doesn't have to be confrontational. Uh, at the end of the day, con- the, when we have conflict or when we have this courageous conversation, it doesn't have to be aggressive. It can be very uh, caring and loving. And I think just for me, that was, it was realizing this is, it empowered me so much to feel like this isn't something I'm taking away from someone. It's actually something I'm adding to them. And that helped motivate me really to have those conversations. And, and I always position it that way in a conversation. Hey, let me help you. Hey, at the end of the day, this might feel like a very difficult conversation to have, but at the end of the day, I genuinely care about you. And I want to help you get to a place where you feel like you are thriving. And at the end of the day, we want the organization to thrive as well. And so I'll do my best. And, and if I've done my job up to that point in building rapport and credibility um, to be someone who doesn't lord my authority over someone but really truly serves them, if I've done my job up to that point, I've made enough deposit where there's now trust, uh, which I think is, is where healthy teams are built, is, is in a, a foundation of trust and rapport with one another. So that's been my process of the journey. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. And um, there's so there's so much for, you know, like a leader to take away. There's things for them to take away around this idea of building teams and, uh, you know, staffing. And, uh, you know, there's just even just little nuggets, you know, uh, and I'm going to be thinking on that ownership thing. And um, thank you, Mark, because I'm nicking that. That's uh, that's going to be that's such a, a great thought. <laughs> um, I, w- I wonder, you mentioned earlier, you've transitioned role and you've uh, started this uh, project called the collaborative project with your wife natalie i wonder if you could just share a little bit about what mm. that is and you know just um yeah just let us know what it is yeah well uh well thanks for asking it's it's a really unique season for us you know we we really sensed that god was leading us into a new season and uh, it was about a two-year journey of transition um uh, which I've, uh, I've i've even heard on this podcast some great conversations on transition that were helpful and, uh, and so it was, uh, it was a great, a great transition, you know, ultimately ended up being very good and just really, my wife and I just have a real passion for serving the local church. And so as we moved into this new season, uh, God just began to stir our hearts for what does that look like? How do we serve? How do we come alongside? 
So the collaborative project really is about that, is how do we just help collaborate with local churches uh, to help develop them? So what that's looked like for me is a lot of what we're doing here today. It's been a lot of staff development. It's been training, resourcing them, um, sitting down and just using 13 years of experience, um, you know, in a fairly large church and saying, we've seen some things. Uh, We've been through some things. We've, (laughs) we've learned some stuff. And uh, so we'll, we'll travel, uh, particularly in the United States here where we're at, um, we have a deep passion for the UK as well. That's something that God has really laid on our heart. And so uh, so we connect and we do some things there uh, in the UK we'll talk about. Um, so I do some staff leadership development. Uh, itinerant ministry um, is a big part of what I do. So I'll pra- travel and preach and teach in churches on a Sunday morning or, um, you know, some conferences and things like that. Uh, we also, we, we launch short-term mission trips for local churches here in the United mm-hmm. States. So we've realized that there was a big gap for you know, some churches here that, um, you know, some, they can hire on a missions pastor who have a real global, uh, perspective. Um, some don't though, some don't have the, the bandwidth or the, or the team. So my wife and I will help serve, uh, by taking teams from the United States. I'm taking a team to Belize in this November, uh, to, to Orange Walk in Belize city. I'm bringing another team actually to the UK next June. And, uh, so, so right now working on that process. And so, uh, and, and again, to serve the local church, we're asking churches, if we were to come over here, <clears throat> what can we do to help serve the needs of your church? And so again, it's a collaborative effort to see the good news and, and good deeds, uh, to see people saved and, and, uh, and connect to the kingdom. Uh, so that's been a big process. Also through this process has been, I, I work for and collaborate with a great company called Glorify. Um, Glorify is a Christian app and, uh, it's kind of a startup. Um, but it has taken off over the last year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I've, I've connected through our nonprofit as a part of that team and, uh, and help connect it. So it's a, it's a Christian um, discipleship tool. Uh, it's a pastoral tool. Um, what we know about phones today is that they're ontological, is that people see them as a part of who they are now. It's the reason when you leave your home and you forget your phone, it feels like you've left your arm somewhere, right? Like your phone is, is a part. So we want to redeem that space and we want to help people um, really build some da- some some rhythms of daily worship in their life, mm. and uh, you know we're it's been it's been really highly successful. Eight million downloads, um, mm. and really just moving and growing in that space. The church is embracing it. Um, people who are far from the church, but maybe once had a re- had a really deep relationship with Jesus, we find that many of them are finding this as a tool. And so it's been a process, uh, a great process of connecting, um, you know, to that team. They're actually a UK based team so it's been really a delight to connect to them yeah so it's been great so yeah that's been our heart our passion we have a great value for the foster system my wife and i have been foster parents for years um so we we really help with some reform in the system um we we do our best to do that and so we have a real value for it but um but that's the collaborative project really it's just an expression of who we are uh as kingdom builders and and wanting to serve the local church Mark, that's fantastic. We love that. And just great to hear about the Glorify app as well. We know lots of people are using it in, in the UK. And yeah. um, I know you've been to the UK recently, so I, I just want to, uh, a couple of questions really. You know, what was your sort of biggest takeaway? What did you enjoy the most? What was it like for you being here in the UK recently? Oh man, the fish and chips. It's probably by far uh, the biggest takeaway. No, uh, and <laughs> what is the takeaway? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was always an amazing experience. I love the UK. Yeah, I was in London with a group of leaders from really all around the world, from Australia, Canada, the United States, South Africa. 
uh, just came together to really discuss what is God doing uh, for this next season of the church, uh, particularly for the UK. And uh, got to sit down with uh, with uh, several leaders that are just doing some significant work and and just to glean and to learn and to just uh, take some wisdom away. And I'd say that was so impactful for me just to see how God is moving uh, there in the UK. That we had the opportunity to sit down um, with N.T. Wright uh, at a church there in Oxford and just mm-hmm. uh, and just to receive from him. Uh, that was probably a bucket list item for me. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who has wow. you know prof- really profoundly impacted my theology and uh, my view of God and the church and people. And uh, so that was significant. And, uh, you know, one, one thing that was really encouraging while we were there is one of the vicars of, of uh, St. Aldage Church. He told me, he said, in the last, he said, I've seen more people come to Jesus in the last six months here in Oxford than I have in the last 24 years combined. Wow. And that was so refreshing to me. And, and he used the language of, we see this as uh, another awakening. And so to me to see that mm-hmm. the spirit of God is moving that the church is, is awakened, is alive, doing their job, advancing the kingdom. Uh, that was really encouraging to, to, for me to see that, that God is moving in a really profound way right now in the UK. And uh, it encouraged me. And I brought that back even here in the United States and, uh, and for the work that we will do in the UK in the days to come. It was amazing. But the fish and chips. Fish and chips. Were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, – Did you? well, listen, we, we always love to uh... – I was gonna. I, I was gonna ask Dave. Did he have uh, gravy, curry sauce, or mushy peas with his fish and, fish and chips? Ooh. That is the question. That is the question. So I did have mushy peas. Uh, I, I don't think I had any gravy. Uh, sh- I guess I should have had gravy. Yeah. Yeah. Curry sauce. Curry sauce. Think, curry sauce. Oh, curry sauce. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next time. Okay. So the next time I come over. That will be the first. That will be my first uh, thing that I eat. Uh, mushy peas were great, though. Yeah, it's great. It was a great time. They enjoyed those. Listen, I, I think that's the best question of the whole podcast so far. Okay, so. It's a deep revelation. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> deep, deep revelation. For anybody travel to the UK, fish and chip with curry sauce yes. and mushy peas. That's what you have to have. Hey, listen, we've got some uh, sort of quick-fire questions for you yes. today, Mark. As we're getting towards the end of our podcast, we've had some great stuff mm-hmm. in there around leadership and staff development, all that stuff. We've got a few sort of uh, quick questions. So yes. are you ready for these today? I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So the first one is this. What is your favorite way to stay healthy oh, great. besides the fish and chips? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so forget the fish and chips for right now. Uh, you know, I would say uh, really my, my family, as a family, we have a pretty holistic approach. Um, and, and for us, that looks like building healthy rhythm into our life. And so for us, a rhythm is a, is a regular repeated pattern. And so we just had the discussion of what, what patterns do we want to really uh, implement into our life. And so we do that in a couple areas. We want to have you know, a rhythm of rest in our life that we Sabbath well. We have a full 24-hour period where we don't do any work, uh, which is very anti-American, right? And so we, we, pick a, we choose a day. For us, that's Thursday evenings all the way to Friday evening, basically Saturday morning. Uh, of, of no work. It's full rest. And so uh, we have a rhythm of rest. We have a rhythm of prayer in our life as a family. Uh, we pray together, my wife and I, we actually we're, we're discipling our son in that right now as a four-year-old, teaching him what it means to pray and to do that as a family. Um, we have a rhythm of work. You know, we're pretty, we're pretty scheduled out as a, uh, as a, as a family. And, uh, you know, my wife is an accountant and so her brain works in spreadsheets and, 
Uh, she's very organized. And so I just thank God every day for her ability to help do that in us. Um, you know, we're, you know, I would say even staying healthy would be, uh, you know, just working out and, uh, you know, we love to, we love to swim, compete, you know, again, working out in competition is always so much easier for me. Uh, so I try to do that through hobbies and, uh, you know, basketball. Um, I play what we call soccer, you know, what you would call football. And, uh, you know, so that's a big deal for us. And, um, football. So yeah. Uh, and then I'd say a rhythm of relationship, you know, for us, we, we make sure that we stick pretty closely with some good friends, deep relationships. Uh, we always make time in our calendar, our diary, uh, every week for, uh, for some really rich relationship time as well. So that's, I would say that's our holistic approach, you know, to, um, you know, to walking that out in a healthy lifestyle. Awesome. Awesome. So Mark, if you could, uh, write a book, what would the subject be? Well, great question. I'm writing a book right now, and uh, it is on oh. identity and purpose. <laughs> so that was an easy one. Hey, we I, linked I that in well there. We didn't even know that, but it's linked hey, in well. <laughs> it's linked in well. So identity and purpose, uh, basically activity uh, drives activity. Identity drives activity. And so how your identity in Christ really does uh, unlock your potential and purpose. And so I'm actually uh, just finished chapter one. So I would def- that's the one I would write. Awesome. Maybe, and then maybe another one on marriage and family, uh, and then leadership, organizational health, leadership is probably you know what I would write on as well. Since you're asking, so that's that's a trilogy of books coming our way. <laughs> yes. then. that's what we need to look at. Free, out for. free copies are coming your way. You guys might be the only ones to read them, but yeah. <laughs> and, my, and my wife, my wife will probably read some of it. Yeah. Oh, your wife will do it for you. So uh, next question is this. Um, what are you most excited and challenged about? We've been asking this question to quite a number of our guests recently. Yeah. So we want your take on the same question. What are you challenged yeah. about and excited about? That's a great question. You know, well, what we probably covered is, is transition. You know, I'm in a season of transition still. You know, I've, I've, uh, I'm in this new season, probably about four months now that I've been, uh, you know, I've transitioned from my previous role into this new season of building a nonprofit into serving the church, um, to connecting to our glorified team. And, uh, it's so exciting. And at the same time, it's challenging to transition, uh, from one real set mold of a season to another. And, uh, so it's exciting to discern and, and walk out now what our new reality will be. Uh, but of course there's tensions that come with that and, uh, and, and, and moving in that way. So it's, it's a challenge. It's challenging me to grow it to new levels uh, it's challenging me to think in ways I haven't thought before. And so I'm being stretched. I'm grown. Um, I'm building fresh relationships and friendships in a new city. And, uh, and so I'm excited about it. And at the same time, it, there's some challenging moments. It's not comfortable. Um, but we all know that, you know, it's outside of the comfort zones that things grow. And so that's exciting yeah. for me. So, yeah, that's where, so I'm, that's where I've been at really recently. So true. Mark, if you were to plant a church, what yep. would you focus on first? Oh, wow. Big decision. Okay. Um, man, I would say, I would say ministry philosophy is probably my number one thing I'd look at, um, depending on the context and the culture that I was going to be planting in. Um, just, you know, what's going to best equip the local church to make disciples in a post-Christian context? Um, because that is, I mean, if I were to plant a church right now, I'd say the United States were in a post-Christian context. Um, as far as a culture, uh, the UK, uh, obviously, you know, is one as well where the church is doing phenomenal things. So I would look at that, you know, what is the, what is the, um, you know, do I centralize the church? Is it decentralized? Uh, what's going to best equip, uh, someone how to not just do Christian life on a Sunday morning, but in, 
in the, uh, the Monday through Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd start with that ministry philosophy. What is it that God is calling me to build uh, before I go build it? And uh, I think one of the hardest things in the world is trying to figure out what you're building while you're building it. I mean, it just, yeah. it feels yeah. like you're changing a tire on a moving vehicle, which <laughs> there's always an element to that. But, uh, and then I would say team, you know, as team, I would be, people are the key to progress. And so uh, you have the right team on board with you, no matter when the vision shifts or changes, or you have to pivot, um, which was like the famous word of 2020 and the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, but when you've got the right team of people around you, uh, John Maxwell says that, that any leader uh, that they are successful because of the closest people they have around them in support. And so I would say that the, yeah. picking that team would be the first thing uh, after ministry philosophy. Awesome. Awesome. And um, just thinking about leadership and books, uh, what is your favorite leadership book of all time? All time. Uh, can I pick two? I, I think, sure. okay, so I would say uh, John Maxwell's Developing a Leader Within is one of my favorite ones. I think it encompasses a lot of different um leadership topics um you know some of its staffing some of it's just personal self-leadership and then uh patrick lencioni has a book called the advantage and Mm -hmm. which is a a great book on healthy organization uh smart organization versus healthy organization you you do need both uh in order to to go where you're going Uh, i'd say those two are probably some of my favorites great and we've uh, we've we've touched on food but uh, my new one on identity and purpose there we go. You do want an identity. <laughs> yeah, my new one identity is probably my favorite one. So <laughs> Brilliant. We've touched on food, but what is uh, one type or piece of food that you could not live without? Oh, it, hands down sushi. It's hands sushi. down sushi. Ooh. Yeah, it would be. Nice. Yeah, su- I had it last night for dinner. Yeah, so cool. it would be. It's not even up for debate. Mm. Yeah. It's not even up for debate. And, and Nathan, what about Me? you? Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. It'd be uh, chicken and rice, probably. <laughs> oh, chicken and rice. Oh, I like that. Mine would be, mine would be steak mm. all the way. Oh, steak all the way. I like it. Well, see, with sushi, you could you oh. could put, you could put steak, chicken, rice. With mm. sushi, you can kind of add sure. it all. You know, yeah. fish. Do your own thing, can't you? you? Just yeah. So yeah. Right. Hey, and if we were to think of your dream destination, where would that be? Where would you go? Uh, right now I would say, uh, this might be an interesting answer right now, Israel. Uh, I've never been to Israel. Uh, I've never been in Jerusalem. I've never been to kind of the Holy land. And, uh, I nerd out on all of that stuff. I love to, to research, know it. Uh, obviously it's such deep ties to the faith. Um, so Israel, uh, and then beyond that, probably Greece, I would, uh, you know, kind of Santorini oh, type places. I, my wife and I, we love, man. we love beaches and warm weather. We love when it's, you know, 113 degrees Fahrenheit, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it was here yesterday in yes, America. Yeah, yes. And, uh, and finally, and finally, the question we've all been waiting for since, since we mentioned it right at the start, <laughs> your favorite movie and why? Wow. Okay. So this might be a little bit of a cheat. I don't know if it's an all time, but I recently saw Top Gun, the new Top Gun movie. And I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. Probably one of the best movies yes. I've seen in 10 or 12 years. I, I loved that movie. I mean, I just left, I left charged. I left refreshed. I left just energized. I was like, wow, that was a great movie. And I, had pretty, I didn't have the highest expectations for the movie. Um, 
So I would just say right that's now. That's probably why you enjoyed that's it. That's probably why I like <laughs> it so much. Um, yeah. So that's my why because I had low expectations. Um, no, but Top Gun for me was was a great movie. Um, you know, there was a movie that uh, I saw years ago, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, oh man, one of my one of my favorites. Uh, I'd say as well. I love a good a good plot, a good storyline, a little bit of thriller in it, perhaps. Um, you know, some of my favorites, but I, I watch all sorts of movies from, you know, drama to like a Marvel movie. Uh, awesome. my wife even has me watching a few Hallmark movies, which I don't know if that's popular where you are, but, oh, it's, it's a thing here. So yeah. Some, someone, someone has to Somebody do it. Has someone to do has it. To do it. <laughs> I do it for the marriage. So yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I reckon the, the reason you like uh, the Top Gun stuff, I, I, I think you probably see yourself as a little bit of a Tom Cruise. You, you know, know what I, mean? I, you know, probably find oh, a little of my identity in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can I'll, see I'll it. I'll put yeah. it in the book. Yeah. <laughs> Put it oh, great. Hey, it's, it's been so, it's been so good to have you with us on the show today, Mark. We really appreciate you sharing, and uh, yeah. So thanks for connecting with us, uh, Nathan. You're going to wrap yeah, up for us. Let people know what they yeah, need Mark, to do. What is the best way for people to connect with you? Oh yeah. Um, well, one yeah. It's been an honor and a privilege to be be a part of it. Uh, best way to connect. Um, you know, our, our website and email. So I'm just Mark at the collaborative project.org Mark at the collaborative.org. Nice. Um, the collaborative project.org is our website. Uh, and then you can always find me on social media is probably a great way to connect. Just my full name, Mark Gresge, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all, all the, all the above social media, uh, are great ways to connect. Great ways. Awesome. Well, it's been great to have uh, Mark with us and it's been great to have you uh, join us on the Church Explained podcast. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe wherever you're consuming this content. And also don't forget to check out icon.church forward slash open for loads of free resources for you and your church. And we look forward to seeing you next time on the Church Explained podcast. We'll see you soon.